I think it has finally happened. 2020 has even colored my reading of scripture a bit. The birth and early childhood stories of Jesus that are found in Matthew, but also here in Luke, are generally some of my favorite in scripture. I normally love looking at the intricacies of the story, how they foreshadow what is to come in Jesus' life, how they expand for anyone with ears to hear who is included as treasured in God's eyes and how earthly notions of things like power and honor and success are going to be turned upside down by the simple act of bringing a child into the world. I love going through these stories, but maybe not as much this year. I didn't hear the same things. And I think maybe because, I don't know about you, but Maybe you're somewhere near the point that I'm at where I'm ready for something, I mean really anything, to just be easy. I'm ready for visiting my parents and my other family and friends to be easy. I'm ready for a simple trip to the store to be, well, simple. I'm ready to never think again about where, when, how, and whether my kids are going to school. And even as I list these things and and could list more about the things I'm ready to stop thinking about, I realize that there are a lot of people in our communities who would love to have the luxury of being exhausted by the relatively trivial things that I've listed. But just the same, I'm ready for something to be easy, to take a few things for granted, and to just stop being surprised for a little while. But as I began looking over this story and over the first few chapters of Luke for today, I couldn't help but think of Mary and Joseph, but particularly Mary, and wonder if she's just ready, like me, for something to be easy. I wonder if she's having a bit of a 2020 in the first few chapters of Luke, or at least maybe it could be read that way. Here's what I mean. Just in these few short chapters, since we've met Mary, the angel Gabriel, appears to her, an unwed but engaged young woman, and says, Surprise, you're pregnant. Oh, and yeah, if that's not enough, the child you're carrying is from God, and his reign is going to have no end. And that generally hits my ears as something that sounds really, really good, but it's also problematic when you consider consider the land that Mary and Joseph lived in already had a ruler, a Caesar to be exact, So it sets up confrontation from the start. And next, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and she's scarcely in the door and said hello before her aunt starts proclaiming that the mother of her Lord has come to see her. And when it comes time for the baby to be born, of course there's a census taking place, and not one that you can fill out on a computer or on a form. So they have to travel far away from Mary's support network late in her pregnancy. And Bethlehem is crowded because of that census, and of course they arrive too late to secure comfortable lodging, so there they are out with the animals. With the year going the way it has, it should come as no surprise that while on this inconvenient and uncomfortable journey, Mary's time to give birth comes. She gets through the birth, and it seems like she's hardly had a chance to take a breath before strangers barge in on the scene, shepherds no less, saying what this child will be. Strangers telling this new mother what this child will be. 
I'm not going to pretend that I know what giving birth is like, but having witnessed it from my side of things twice, I'm pretty sure that the last thing Mary, if she was given her choice, would have wanted was to entertain a mess of strangers right after giving birth. Normally, I hear these stories along with Mary's song, The Magnificent, and the words that she treasures and ponders in her heart. And usually, I'm comforted, hopeful, and somehow generally reoriented towards the story of Jesus through the Christmas and early stories of Jesus, but not so much this year. As I read them, I find that, at least initially, my dominant thoughts were, Lord, couldn't you just cut Mary a break? Couldn't something just be easy for her? You, you show up, and as far as I can tell, you were uninvited, and you wallop her with the news that she's pregnant with the Savior of the world before she's married. The least you could have done was schedule deli- the delivery when she could be surrounded by her family. You couldn't have given her at least that? Seems like something should have been easy. Can't something just be easy. Looking at our story today in the earlier accounts in Luke, apparently not. Most times when I read the opening of today's story, honestly, the first few verses are just kind of a throwaway for me. They just set the scene for uh, Simeon and Anna to appear. They let us know why Mary, Joseph, and Jesus are at the temple in Jerusalem. But they jumped out at me this year They are in Jerusalem, as verse 22 points out, because the time had come for their purification under the law of Moses. They are there to do something important, but supposedly routine. It's something that the parents of every firstborn male child should do. There's no reason to expect anything special here out of the ordinary. The first few verses tell us that the family are there just doing what any good Jew should be doing. It should be easy. But nope, not this year. Not for Mary and Joseph. They are in the temple minding their own business when a stranger appears and takes the child. The scripture doesn't say Mary and Joseph gave the child to Simeon, but rather that Simeon takes the child and goes on and on about how this kid is the fulfillment of his calling and a light for all peoples and the glory of Israel. They just came to do what was expected of them. It should have been easy. But wait, there's more under the guise of blessing the two of blessing the two of them Simeon goes on to tell Mary that their child is destined not only for the falling and rising of many but also to be a sword that will pierce her own soul I don't know about you but that's not necessarily a blessing I'd be excited about Phew. It's over, right? Maybe there are at least a few people in the temple that hadn't seen or noticed the spectacle, and maybe now they can just get on with what they came for and get out of there. Nope. Enter Anna onto the scene, another stranger in in her mid-80s, no less. Keep in mind, this woman has doubled the expected lifespan of most people of her time. She's not just old. She's a phenomenon of God's providence. And there she is, dancing and speaking to anyone who would listen about how this child would bring about the redemption of Jerusalem. 
If Mary and Joseph had escaped the notice of anyone in the temple when Simeon made his pronouncement, Anna makes sure that nobody misses it. And after all this, Scripture tells us again in verse 39 that Mary and Joseph just finally finished up all that was required by them in the law, and then they went home. They weren't looking for anything special. They weren't looking to make a scene. It could have been an easy trip, but it wasn't. After all this, I just found myself wondering if Mary and Joseph were just ready for something to be easy, or if not easy, predictable, or at the very least, maybe just not harder than it needed to be. Who could blame them if in chapter 2, verse 39, they are exhausted? I'll tell you, certainly not me. Okay, I promise. It's just a few days after Christmas, I know. I'm not going to leave you with a proclamation of 2020 exhaustion through the lens of Luke's early accounts of Jesus. I'm not going to do that because there is a lot of good news here, even when 2020 manages to color the scripture reading just a bit. And again, much of that is good news. Like the difficulty, the good news, like the difficulty, revolves around Mary and Joseph. But before we get there, I want to point out at least a few things about Simeon and Anna. Both have been waiting a very long time. But God does not forget them. God keeps the promise to Simeon that he will see the Lord's Messiah. And God rewards this old woman, Anna, with a delight so strong that she cannot help but move her old limbs into a dance when she notices Jesus. There is a difference between waiting and being forgotten and there is so much good news revealed in these short glimpses of Simeon and Anna's lives. But for today, just know that part of it is those who wait upon God are not forgotten. God keeps promises. God delights in our long-awaited joy and desires for us to do the same. One more thing about them before we get back to Mary and Joseph. Neither Anna nor Simeon, they don't bring easy news, even though it is good. Simeon's proclamation that Jesus would be the glory of Israel is also paired with the words that he will be opposed. And Anna dances and talks of redemption, which is great. But if you, like me, have ever been on that path to that destination that is redemption, you know it is rarely a gentle one. They've been waiting so long for this moment, and even in their bliss, even in their certainty of who Jesus is and will become, they still must signal the great difficulty coming for him and for those that will follow him. But it does not diminish their joy. I think that's because, as Melinda Quivick pointed out to me in an article this week, these two prophets know what God is about. Salvation comes through confrontation. And so just as strangers to Mary and Joseph, they confront them with the truth of who Jesus is, Jesus will confront the world with the truth of God's salvation. And it will be a truth that not all can readily hear. 
Simeon and Anna are amazing, not only because they are symbols of God's faithfulness to us, they stand as examples of how to live out gospel joy in the midst of difficult truth. Now back to the parents. You know all those good but not easy words that Anna and Simeon utter? Just remember that they are spoken about a firstborn child, two first-time parents. Can you imagine the amount of pressure they could have felt? From Gabriel to Elizabeth to the shepherds and now to the prophets of the temple, everyone is telling them how special their child is. What if they mess it up? What if they do something wrong? What if it's not easy? Nothing so far has been that. But yet, what is the reaction of these new parents all along the way? From the very beginning, Joseph stays by Mary's side. Remember that the story about God appearing to Joseph in a dream is in Matthew and not Luke. So Joseph's decision to stay without a vision in this story is maybe more important, even though it's not really mentioned. When Mary is told about the birth of her child, she is faithful. Let it be done according to your word, she says. After talking with Elizabeth, Mary sings praise to God. When strangers barge in on her birthing bed or lack thereof, she treasures and ponders their words. When Simeon swoops in taking the child, neither of them grapple with him to take Jesus back. Rather, they trust and allow themselves to be amazed. At every turn where either one of them or both of them have the right maybe to have shaken their fist and said to God, can't something just be easy? At every turn where they could have done that, and maybe they did, we don't get every reaction of the young couple in this ancient text, but even if they did, it'd be okay. God can carry the burden of our frustration even when uttered at high volume. But even if they did, we should also take remarkable notice of how they use so many of the marks of the faithful when things are not easy for them. They are steadfast when the news is not easy, knowing that God is right there with them in the midst of their difficulty. When words don't seem to be enough, like we still do, Mary sings. When strangers come at an inconvenient time, they extend hospitality, and they are blessed by the encounter. And when they hear of that somehow what this child is going to be and do, and then they see the delight in Simeon and in Anna, they allow themselves to stand in amazement at what God is doing in their little family. So even when I read the opening of Luke at a time where I wish things are easy, and they're not, and they weren't then. Even when I read these stories and they hit my ears in a way that I didn't expect nor really desire at first, I found that God still shows up when Scripture is opened and the Holy Spirit is invited. And not only does God show up, I'm provided with the good news that is equal parts maybe kick in the pants and comfort. The kick comes from remembering that God's people were never promised something easy. 
just something really worthwhile. The rest of Luke's gospel will bear out that truth. And the comfort comes from the knowledge that just like with Simeon and Anna, God remembers and abides with us in our difficult waiting. And like Mary and Joseph, while things may not be easy, God shows up often in the form of other people to remind us of God's delight, God's joy, and God's provision in every circumstance. And so even when, and maybe especially when, we're hoping for something to be easier than it has been, let us turn to things like faithfulness, to song and to hospitality, and maybe most of all, turn to just some holy amazement at the God who brings us good news in all circumstances. Amen.